Another episode of the Successful Driver Podcast. Thank you so much for watching, listening, wherever you are consuming this content. We appreciate you. Real excited today to hear from a couple people out west of where I'm stationed here in Kansas City and Aero headquarters. It's uh, Eric Arrios, our branch manager in Fontana, and Pat Grant, the salesman in Fontana. Guys, thank you so much. Erica, I believe you are the first female branch manager in the history of aero truck sales. Is that correct? That is correct. Yay. I'm so proud to be that. Yes. Yeah. We, we just need to, we need to get you a badge, a t-shirt or like a <laughs> banner behind you or something because uh, that's quite the accomplishment. Congratulations on that. Thank and you. thank you for spending a little bit of time with us. Thank you so much for having us. Pat, yes. you've, uh, how long have you been here at aero truck sales? I'm on my 12th year. 12 years. I don't want to tell you what I was up to 12 years ago, (laughs) Uh, but uh, I, I, we always kind of like to start with this. Uh, It's a question. We want to know a little bit about your industry background. You said 12 years, Pat, why don't you just kind of tell us your, your, your story in the truck driving industry when you got in and and what you've been up to. Okay. I started in January of 2010. Don Fodiatis and Phoenix hired me and uh, I spent, uh, a total of about 10 years there before I transferred here to California. So, wow. Um, yeah, I started as a salesman. Um, I, I was eventually uh, an assistant branch manager and then they, uh, they eliminated that position. So I was the sales lead and uh, um, Erica was kind enough to invite me over here and here I am. <laughs> so yeah, you're we're happy to have the entirety of your trucking career has been uh, within Aero. Is that correct? That's correct. Oh, wow. Correct. Look at you. Hey, same here. All right, Erica, same question. Your history in the trucking industry, how you got started, all of that from, you know, from, from Jump Street. What, let's, let's, let's hear a little bit about your, your history here in the trucking industry and how you got to become the branch manager here at Fontana. Wow. So my story goes a little further back. Uh, I started as a part-timer back in 1995 when I was still in my high school years. And then uh, we'll just fast forward to uh, back in the uh, end of 99 when um, you know I got my first shot at sales. And so I did sales for about, oh geez, I've been in the industry for maybe over 20 years. Huh. So does that, does, if that doesn't say my age. <laughs> <laughs> But over to, over 20 years, so I started my career in sales in 1999, and um, you know I stayed with a, a Volvo Mac dealer here locally in Fontana, and, and did that for quite some time. Um, I did uh, transition into uh, assistant use rec manager, but still slash sales. Never really got to the sales portion of it, and then eventually, uh, you know, moved on and went and did some uh, management for two other locations before I made my way into Arrow. Uh, with Arrow here, you know, now going on uh, three years come August, uh, you know, it's been quite the journey. I came in in my first full year uh, with Arrow, um, you know, I made a branch salesperson of the year. So that was pretty exciting. That was back in 2018. Um, I was nominated in 2019 for, for, uh, for the Women, uh, Women Trucking Association. So that was a lot of fun. And uh, obviously, you know, went into management with Arrow you know, about almost two years ago. So wow. it's been fun. Yeah. First female branch manager in aero yes. truck sales history. Yes. It's, it's exciting. Just... It's really exciting um, 
to be part of that change here at Arrow. You know, Arrow is such a great company to work for, and I'm just excited to be, you know, leading that way for other females in the industry. You know, it, it, it's possible. No, that's that's awesome. Uh, Erica, we, we always ask this question and we'll start with you on this one. It's something we've asked every single person that's come on this show. And we're going to ask it to you two today as well. And I'm interested to get both your perspectives, but we'll start with Erica. What makes a successful driver? A successful driver. I think there's so many ways to measure, measure that, but I think that, I think that if you're able to successfully get into a truck, make a, you know, an honest living for your family, and then come home safely. I, I think that alone, you know, makes somebody pretty successful. If you can stay in this, this industry long-term and make some money and, and be home, you know, get home safely. I think that in my mind, that's a successful driver. You kind of played the safety angle there. And I think that's something that, you yeah. know, we've heard a couple times here, but you know, that's, that's an underrated piece of it. It's some, you know, getting, getting, you know, safely places is just, is, is part of the battle for sure. And I think that's a good way, uh, you know, that's a good point to kind of think about there. All right, Pat, same question to you. What in your mind makes a successful driver? Well, uh, the owner operators that I've worked with that have become very successful all had a lot of common traits. One was they were very good money managers. They, they handled their finances very well. Uh, they make, excuse me, I'm sorry, they maintain their equipment really well. Uh, they had really good organizational skills. Um, they were very reliable in their industry. Uh, they're good communicators and they all had real professional attitudes. So I think those are a lot of great things and we've heard them touched a lot. So I think that, right. I think that definitely resonates for sure. And there's some consistent trends, I think, with what we've heard. Um, all right, your guys' role in the truck driver story, and Pat, I'll start with you. You know, how are you today helping truck drivers find success out on the road? Well, I think it starts with making sure you put them in the right equipment. The, the, the equipment needs to match the vocation they're involved in. Yeah. So uh, that's very important. Um, I think one of the biggest things we can do to help drivers today is to really advocate for extended warranty coverage. Trucks are complicated, uh, you know, mechanics more than ever need certification and uh, trucks go down for a long period of time sometimes and, and they're very expensive to repair. An engine, you know, 15 or 20 years ago could be rebuilt for eight or $10,000 and now that, that same motor is gonna cost about $30,000 to mm -hmm. repair. So um, I think that's one of the best things we can do for our customers is to help them protect their investment. We'll be talking about those complicated engines here in a little bit, or those complicated pieces of equipment here uh, in a little bit. But I want to ask Erica the same question uh, here. Your your role in the truck driver story, Erica, how are you helping truck drivers find success out there as the branch manager uh, in our Fontana branch? Well, I think I'm going to echo, uh, you know, Pat here a little bit, because I do think that, I mean, we, we do get a lot of customers that are first-time buyers in the industry. So being able to hear what brings them here to our branch, uh, what their needs are, you know, be able to, to, you know, like Pat said, put them in the right truck, you know, based on their needs. I think that's important and being able to guide them um, based on, on what they're doing, whether it's a portion plates, whether, whether they're going to be driving local out of interstate. I think it's important to just listen to the customer and maybe guide them in the right direction. But I do agree with Pat in the sense of, you know, the thing that we can do best is help them, 
protect their investment. I, I, I can't agree with him more. You know, things are just that much more expensive these days. And it's really hard when you bring in your hard-earned money and you put it in as a down payment and you're off to start this venture, right? You're going to become an owner-operator. And before you know it, you forget that you're buying a piece of equipment that has the potential to break. And I think that can be very painful for some, you know, even putting some people out of business at times, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, here at Arrow, we try to do our best to, you know, check these trucks and, and do everything we can to make sure that we're selling a good piece of equipment. But nonetheless, we're, we're not here building them. And, and it's hard to tell what the maintenance might've been previous to the truck getting to us, right? So I think the best thing we can do is say, hey, you are buying a used piece of equipment. It does have the potential to break. You know, the best thing you can do is protect that investment. I mean, that's uh -huh. correct. I'm with you. Uh, there, there's a lot of sound business advice there. And I don't think it's just because we're, you know, it was not that just Arrow offers protection it's just that that's the reality of these it's, it's if it's it's not if it's when a truck will it's break when. it's when and absolutely yeah and so i mean like you said we we do what we can but there's just there's some realities about a used piece of equipment and we don't try to run from them but we also try to provide people what what what's valuable and what we can help them um, protect it with so I mean there's, yeah, there's I agree and you have to remember you know a customer's excited they're, they want to get in the truck they want to go out and make some money uh, it's their first venture out and, and we're just as excited as, as they are but nonetheless I do think that there's a time to talk about the the ugly right and the ugly can be the the things that as salespeople we can you know tend to maybe not touch on and I think that is the most important thing we can do for our customers just be very uh, blunt about the situation in a way where you can hopefully get them to, to say, Hey, you're right. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of money coming out of pocket. Let me see what I can do to protect it. And I know sometimes we sound like we're just trying to sell stock products and warranties. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, being that I started back in 99, you know, going far back, you know, we really didn't sell warranties back then. We dealt with mechanical issues, parts that you could just slap on, replace and move on. I mean, geez, you asked me how long I've been in the industry and, and, I go back to where we were asking if you wanted spring suspension or air ride, right? That's how far back. And so seeing the technology evolve in the way that it has, I mean, it just, it's, it's almost silly not to. Trucks have got, I agree. Uh, oh, do you, do you have more Pat? Sorry. If you want to jump in here, by all means, my friend. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I just like to say that, you know, uh, the technology is advanced beyond reason in the last 10 years on these trucks, mm -hmm. especially with the new emissions laws and, and repairs are very expensive. So, and a lot of times we take just about every penny a guy's got sometimes to get him into a truck. So, you know, it's, I, I think it's imperative that we, you know, we uh, discuss that type of an issue with them that, you know, Hey, this is a, this could keep you in business or put you out of business. So, um, uh, Erica's right. That's something that we advocate for on every sale, and and uh, and uh, we we're getting we're growing and we're having a lot more success with it. Sure. I mean, there's some there's some drivers out there, seasoned drivers out there that can look at certain issues with trucks and say, Ah, I got this. I can handle this. I can I can handle some of these things. And and they're right. Some of these guys, some of these guys out on the road certainly can handle some of the issues that comes up. But right. I think there's just got to be some level of 
understanding uh, of your own talents, your own abilities, your own skill sets, what you yeah. can and can't handle. And I think that right. kind of help should probably and your resources and your resources. And if, what if you don't have. have software, there's a lot of things you you can't do. You can't sync replacement components to the ECM. Right. So. So there's just, I mean, it's just every, every truck driver has to assess that situation for themselves and say, what can I do? What can I get away with doing? What level of confidence do I have in doing X, Y, and Z? And I think that should kind of determine how someone potentially, you know, protects a truck, you know? So I'm sure I'm I'm not, I'm I'm sure I'm just speaking to the choir. I'm sure you guys kind of have the same kind of perspective. You're in it way more than I am all the time, but um, Pat, you must be a professional podcaster because you kind of just transitioned <laughs> us perfectly over to, you know, some of the truck technology and the rules in the last 10 years and some of the stuff that has really drastically changed this trucking industry. And, and there's a lot of emissions laws nowadays and California is, you know, a driving factor in a lot of the, you know, rules and stuff in place here in the trucking industry. And, and you all have some, you know, more stringent restrictions and, and some, you know, standards that have to be met. Um, out of California, what, you know, what, what has, you know, what, what out in California with some of the laws and stuff, how much has that really changed the trucking industry out in that area of the country? Erica, we'll start with you. I think it's, it's changed tremendously. I mean, all this started back in 07, we call it 07 emissions when it all started. Um, you know, it's changed the way that, that, that the, the driver, you know, sees the truck, you know, when, when it first started, um, we went again. We went from from more of a mechanical feature into the 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 electric part of it, right? The software to be able to read all these components. Um, I think that it was it was the transition itself was really hard for for truck drivers, you know, going from one end to the other, and then it being um, mandatory. That was the other thing. It wasn't an it wasn't an option back then. It was there was a deadline that needed to be met. And it was mandatory. And so it was having to re maybe reteach, I guess you can say, maybe, you know, these, these, you know, drivers that have been doing this for a very long time, maybe set in their ways, you know, going to this new technology and being able to, to understand, you know, how it worked and, and, and why the trucks have it now. Pat, same question. Well, I think um, the most important thing that happened in California was they mandated that trucks without this equipment on it, um, the after treatment systems uh, had to be off, a ro- off the road, uh, but in a certain amount of time. Um, and that was, that was a first for any type of a vehicle or any type of equipment. Um, the federal government uh, fell in and, and uh, adopted the same mandates, but they, don't, they didn't remove trucks from the road. Um, other states still allow trucks without diesel particulate filters or without SCR systems to operate. But in California, what, what was it, uh, 2021, Erica, is when they were all removed this year? So the, the, end, of, uh, the end of 22, which is next year, that's really where, where every single truck has to be under the SCR. You know, the DEF is, re- is a requirement by then. Um, the other thing that California has done is that um, it's kind of tied it into your registration. So there's a lot of customers already receiving notices saying that you're no longer allowed to register um, this vehicle because it's expiring. So it's, it's definitely mandatory. And, you know, like Pat said, it's it's a California thing. I mean, there are some states where you can still run 
without that system. But mm -hmm. slowly but surely, you know, they're not manufacturing trucks any other way. So it's trickling down to every other state. Well, yeah, I mean, you guys sell a lot of trucks out there in California. So a lot of these, you know, restrictions that are established by one of the biggest states, maybe, is it the biggest state in the United States? If, if, if it's not, it's one of them, you know, and, and there's such a high populace and, 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 you know, so those, it affects everything all the way down. You're absolutely right. Do you think that there's been a lot of growing pains with, with these restrictions for the trucking industry? Have, has it been difficult for some people to adapt? Are some of these new restrictions and, and laws coming in, into effect here in the near future? Are you, are you noticing some growing pains or, or some ways that it's affecting the trucking industry right now, Erica? I think that the, a lot of the pain comes from, you know, the growing pains come from um, a more of a financial standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it was almost like a two-step system. We started with the DPF and then eventually you needed to kind of transition into the DEF system. So it's been, you know, buy a truck and then eventually you have to retire it and bring in another truck and then everything that's tied to it. So everything I think boils down to, to money, sure. you know, on their own in regards to repairs. Um, I was going to ask both of you kind of just, you know, the most important things to know about DPF, SCR, these things, what do you think are the most important things to know? I mean, you just mentioned price. I think that's something that, you know, these are expensive things that if something goes wrong, it's going to be more difficult to maintain and, um, but what else do you think? And I'll start with you, Pat, on that. Well, there's scheduled maintenance. The filter needs to be removed and, and put in a kiln occasionally. Uh, it also needs to be replaced occasionally. Um, sensors are sensitive. Um, drivers who are mechanically skilled can remove sensors, clean them up. Um, the same with uh, inlet and uh, outlet knock sensors can be cleaned up and that'll that helps um, with longevity of the component but uh, uh, they're very complicated systems and um, and you can expect you know major not major repair but a lot of small repair bills as a result of their function all right erica same question I think the I think the difficult part is understanding the way the system works, the functionality of it. There's so many sensors tied to the DPF and the SCR that I, I don't think that everybody has taken the time to maybe understand the function of it. You know, I think that the system has a bunch of sensors and every sensor is there for a reason. Uh, for example, you have an inlet or an outlet sensor, but it's, it's only there to measure uh, what's going in the suit level that's going in, going out, right? But the bad part is, is that um, when they're no longer doing their, their function, then it stops everything else from, from functioning. So I, I think it's all tied to, to learning the mechanical system. Um, I'll ask both of you this question before we get out of here. So you're working with a lot of, um, you know, you're working with a lot of truck drivers and you are working with units specifically to meet the standards that you have out there in California. Do you see a level of confidence in the truck buyer right now with all the, the newfound systems? What's your perspective on, on, on the industry as a whole, the, the, the driving community as a whole with their response to, to all the, you know, restrictions and, and, and laws in place with California trucks specifically and the trucks that you guys are selling? Well, I, I think that that uh, just over the last 10 year period, everybody has accepted, you know, these these mandates and yeah. Um, and a lot of them are curious and they've learned more about the systems and um, they know what to expect when they come in to buy a truck. Erica. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I think that, um, I don't want to say they've embraced it, you know, right. I, you know, but I, I think that there, there's a comfort level now with the system. A lot of our buyers have already driven for at least a, a period of two years or more. So they're, they become more familiar with the system. They've accepted the fact that this is the, the new norm in the trucking industry. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, all we can do again, going back to how do we help you protect yourself and prepare for, for what is now on a truck? I think there's, I think it's been a reflective, like some of the technological changes, it's reflective of the resiliency of the guys that are in the guys and girls that are in, you know, in those seats is just, you know, the fact that they've been able to adapt with, you know, with rules, regulations and technology required for these units and, I think that's something that's been very obviously reflected every time I talk to someone on the show is just, this is such a resilient market that we're part of. And it always shows up when we start talking about some of the stuff like this. Uh, Pat, Erica, thank you guys so much for spending a little bit of time with us here. Um, really appreciate both of you, uh, you know, giving us some of your time uh, to, to talk about some of this stuff. Thanks thank you, Kenneth. Much appreciated. Absolutely. Well, that is another episode of the Successful Driver Podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe on YouTube, your favorite podcast platform, Facebook, whatever, wherever you like it. Just let us know that you're watching. Uh, Feel free to, to reach out, engage with us on any of those platforms. Thank you all so much. We'll catch you later.